This episode of The Tome is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks for supporting us as patrons at patreon.com slash thetomeshow. Welcome to Fit for D&D, The Tome Show's fitness show. It is April of 2021 in this monthly check-in show where Tracy, Sam, and I talk about how we're doing with our fitness goals and dig into some topic, interview, whatever comes up that's most helpful to us at that time. This episode, we are talking to Michael Ross from the RPG Academy. Hello, Michael. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Michael and I met uh, face-to-face back at Gen Con in the days before grad school got to be too much for me to to stop going to Gen Con, uh, and then I got done with grad school, and a certain pandemic hit at that exact moment, and I wasn't able to have my triumphant return to Gen Con, but hopefully in the aftertimes, we will be able to meet face-to-face again. Whenever that is, yes. Yes, whenever that is. Uh, but I found in my in my interaction with Michael since then that a nicer fellow in the RPG podcasting community you will, you will be hard-pressed to find. And while we haven't met up again in person since then, we have kept up on social media. Uh, and he's gone through some uh, some significant fitness journey himself. And so um, I thought it might be interesting to have him on and, and hear that story and, and do all of that. But before we get into that too deeply, uh, did I mention Tracy and Sam? How are you guys doing? Sam, Tracy. it's an it's, it's an audio audible medium. Uh, you might want to. I was giving Tracy oh. a chance to answer, Jeff. Jeez. I just saw, I saw you waving. <laughs> That's great for uh, the folks in the stream. <laughs> I am doing. <laughs> awesome. That's that's great. You're still here. That's an accomplishment. Mm. That's. That's not. How about you, that's Sam? not a joke. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good actually. I I've had a supremely supremely busy three months, um, just with you know that certain uh, pandemic that Jeff talked about uh, has really thrown my life into a uh, disarray. So um, you know, just trying to navigate that has made it pretty difficult. But you know, I'm here, so yay. Yep, I suspect you and I, uh, both being college professors, are facing similar craziness uh, these semesters. Uh, on top of that, I'm trying to apply for grants, and then I'm realizing that there's all this other stuff that I didn't realize came with that that I need to do in case we get the grant with my institution. And oh yeah, grading and teaching and all that other stuff <laughs> happens too. Yeah. So well, we have our accreditation coming up. So, and we do, we also are in the middle of basically doing our strategic plan. So, yeah. you know, when you're doing a strategic plan and you have an accreditation and there's mm. a pandemic, it's yeah. Yeah, we're having a lot of conversations about our accreditation as well. I think it's uh we have to file start filing stuff in in the fall, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to Michael, the 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 I don't know monkey wrench in this machine the 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 spice to to flavor our world whatever we want mm-hmm. to call it uh, Michael Ross RPG Academy before we we hear your story uh, and and what have you why didn't you tell us about the RPG Academy um, okay. and and give yeah. give folks a chance to hear about you know your geek bonafides as well so yes uh, 
So yeah, we've been running about nine years. I kind of have lost somewhat of track, but it's a very, very long time. Uh, somewhat started on a lark. Uh, a friend of mine originally, when we started the podcast, it was their idea. And like most things that I get involved with, I become obsessed and I sort of slowly took it over. And the original impetus is that he wanted to learn to be a game master. I had been running games for a long time, so I would sort of teach him. And then we would break down like the game he would run and we would kind of like talk through like a debrief and like when you did this, you could have done that and what you think. And it has kind of grown from there and we've expanded. We have a bunch of different show types now. We do some live shows on Twitch similar to what you're doing here. Uh, we have multiple streams and just a whole bunch of stuff. If you if you like anything about RPGs, I probably have some show on my uh, stream that will or my podcast feed that will interest you. But you may have to ignore seven that you don't to get to it. <laughs> yeah, no, the RPG Academy functions uh, in many ways similar to what we do on the Tome Show, right? We have many mm-hmm. different sort of shows on the feed, uh, and they cut hit sort of different themes and different um, genres or whatever. Uh, we have a, a, a little bit more specific theme, right? We're D&D focused. Yours mm-hmm. is more general RPG focused, but there's a lot yeah. going on. There's a lot of D&D in there because that's kind of where I started from. Uh, but we did sort of expand it. We do now talk about all role-playing games. So there's still a lot of D&D specific stuff in there. And we also do board games and tabletop industry news and interviews and Kickstarters and movie stuff. And, you know, it's just everything. What, whatever sounds fun at the moment, that's what you're going to record, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So um, you have gone through since since the before time, since uh, when when – we met face to face. You have uh, gone through some significant fitness journey. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy what I have gone through. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if you want the long story, the short story, the long long story. I well, like to talk, we, so we, it's hard we, to get the short story. We've got a good you know half hour to forty five minutes uh, to hear your story as as much or as little as you want to tell us. Okay, um, so probably not un known to a lot of the people who are on this or who might be listening specifically for the fitness stuff. Um, I struggle with my weight off and on pretty much my entire life. I, I started off as a really skinny kid and then uh, I think around 10 years old or so I had an, a surgery that kind of laid me up for like a couple months. And I made, I was, I was eating like a really thin kid who exercised all the time, but I was doing nothing but laying on my couch and TV, you know, bed, watching TV. So I gained a ton of weight in a very short period of time. And from that point on, I've pretty much struggled mostly, most of my life up and down. I've done all the things everyone else has done, you know, the the fitness stuff, all the different diets. I've actually had success several times. I've lost 60 plus pounds five times, but it's always come back because just like, you know, life gets in the way and you fall off the diet or you fall off the exercise, whatever. And, um, And I had actually got to a point Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I was 44 at the time. I'm 45 now. And I kind of just got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be heavy. I'm just going to, I'm just going to accept that. I'm not going to let it, let me be depressed or anxious anymore. I'm just going to be happy with who I am. And within like three months of that, my doctor's like, you have to lose weight. Cause even though I've been heavy most of my life, I've never had a lot of the problems that are associated with it. Didn't have high blood pressure, didn't have cholesterol, didn't have diabetes, didn't have egg joint pains. And then within like three months, all of that changed. I had all of those things, you know, and I'm 44. My doctor's like, you probably won't live to see 60 if you don't make some drastic changes. And I'd already tried so many different things and I, you know, I had always failed before. So I wanted to look at something, you know, that that could help me. 
So I ended up looking into uh, gastric bypass surgery, which is, you know, it's a, it's a big change. It's a big choice. It's a drastic change in someone's life. I was a good candidate for it, both my primary and the, the doctor in Cincinnati. He's like one of the, literally one of the best in the world with this, Dr. Uh, Kerlakian. Uh, he, top of the field, he's like, you're a perfect candidate for this. You know, I think you should do it. Went back and forth, but I finally made the decision to, to have the gastric bypass. I had the surgery on March 9th. And I think March 11th is when we went into lockdown where I was at. So immediately after the surgery, I was pretty much in quarantine. Uh, and I, you know, there have a lot of factors that have helped me, but one is that I actually stopped working. I, I became a stay-at-home dad. So, so, so the before times for you has a whole, like a double meaning. It, it does. <laughs> yes. I literally, it, it's almost like Andrew Lincoln and the Walking Dead. I like I woke up at the hospital and the world had changed almost right. overnight. Uh, so then I go home and pretty much stayed in my house for the next six months. Uh, but I wasn't working. So I was able to basically just focus on on fitness. The, the surgery does a lot of the work, but I was walking about eight miles every day for about six months. Pretty much unless it was just raining so hard that I could not get outside. I'd walk three or four miles every morning. I'd walk three or four miles every night. I try to do some other exercises, but walking is just kind of the thing that works for me. I listen to a lot of podcasts, surprise. So I just, you know, throw in headphones or earbuds, whatever, and I go walking. And um, they told me when I had the surgery, I could expect to lose between 70 and 110 pounds. And I lost 130 in that first year. Uh, top of the class, you know, it's not atypical for people to be successful, but I'm certainly in the upper percentile of success. My goal now is just to not gain it back. And that is something that happens a lot with surgery. There's recidivism where, because eventually your stomach kind of starts to regrow and stretch. And if you're not focused on it, you can start to gain some weight back. And, you know, at this point, if I gain 10 pounds, I'd still be fine, but I want to try not to do that. So again, it's, in some ways, I feel like I cheated because I wasn't able to do it myself. But, you know, as the doctor explained to me in terms, I'm not smart enough to, to reiterate. Our bodies are really weird. And I had been so heavy so long that my body thought that's how I was supposed to be. So anytime I would lose weight, my body would actively work against me and be like, no, you're too skinny. We've got to fatten you up again. And it would basically, you know, the release of insulin and other things in my body to make me hold on to to fat and want me want to crave calories, that it was almost like a losing battle. Not to say I couldn't have done it on my own, but I'd done it multiple times and, and ended up failing. So this has allowed me to kind of reset my body clock. And now my body's like, okay, this is where you're supposed to be. And so as long as I don't do anything outside the bounds, I should be able to maintain this weight pretty much going forward, uh, you know, with a moderate amount of exercise. I still have to make good choices about what I eat and how I eat drastically different because my stomach went, you know, from this, from this big to like smaller than my fist in, in a day. Uh, and there's some other symptoms and other things that go with it. But for the most part, I've had like a near perfect process. I had almost none of the symptoms that usually come with it or none of the side effects. Uh, I have a very high tolerance for almost anything I want to eat. I just eat much smaller portions and I can still enjoy, you know, I can have ice cream if I want it. I can have cake if I want it. I just eat like literally like, like a bite and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, Cause I literally cannot eat anymore without getting sick. So it's, again, it's drastic, but I, I'm so glad that I did it. It literally is life changing for me. And that's the short version. <laughs> I'm being silent for a second to see if Sam or Tracy had any any thoughts or questions. 
How is switching over to being a stay-at-home dad? That was fantastic. Uh, that that happened before the decision to to have the surgery. Um, and uh, we, we actually moved. I lived in Cincinnati for many years, and now we moved back to southeast Kentucky, where we're from. And that was like all part of that process. My, my, my wife works remotely. It already did before the pandemic. And so she was able to have some flexibility. So we moved back to our hometown where her parents are. Uh, we got, you know, we were able to sell our house for a little bit of a profit. So we made a big bound, bound payment. So we don't pay that much on this house. Cost of living down here is a lot cheaper. And so basically we're able to manage it where, you know, I, I cook, I do the cleaning, I do the laundry, take the kids to school. And uh, I actually missed taking them to uh, bat- baseball practice because I, I wanted to be make sure I was back in time for this. But normally I handle all of those things. And it's actually great. It also gives me a lot of time to podcast. So I like to tell people I'm a full-time podcaster, but I don't make nearly enough money to justify that. <laughs> that's kind of my only real job right now. Right. you got to be careful. There are people out there that think, you know, podcasting is a job in the in the modern age. And, and uh-huh. uh, I don't know what your situation is, but that is not – like podcasting is a hobby that sometimes I hope pays for itself That for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Pretty much. I mean, you know, like you, we have a small number of patrons that help support us. And, you know, I have the thing with the Catacon, which is the convention I run. And, That's true. Uh, we, we didn't last year, obviously, but uh, we, we had just got to the point after seven years where it actually made money. Uh, and then we didn't get to have it the next year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I I definitely spent if I, if I paid myself for my time. I would be in the negatives, you know, easily I'm, I'm losing $8 an hour for how much time and passion I put into my stuff and versus what I get. But at the same time, you know, I don't expect anybody to ever pay me for anything that I've done. So the fact that anybody does is just sort of like mind blowing. And it's so, I'm so grateful to all those people that do that. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're the same way, but it's, uh, you know, if I value my time, I don't get paid very much, but also I have no expectations that I'll get any money. So it's all kind of like, cool. Yeah, mostly uh, we would be in huge amounts of debt if I valued Sam's time because he does the editing <laughs> and the posting. Um, so I think Sam puts more hours into those Tome Show uh, probably for the last, what, eight years than I do. <laughs> so. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's off and on, right? I mean, I, I have a day job that I have to focus on. So, right. you know, as we both some, do, yep. yeah, some weeks I don't do anything. So, you know, it's yep. whatever. Yeah. The, probably the worst thing I ever did was was look at hiring an editor because uh, I looked at what would be a reasonable you know process. Like if I want to pay someone to edit our episodes, I want to pay them what that job is worth, and I can't afford to do that because I still do it for free. Right. So then mm-hmm. I'm like, that's how much money I should be making for editing our own shows. <laughs> Stop right. saying that. Sam's going to realize he's undervalued. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's a labor of love, right? I, I know there are some people out there that think that uh, like podcasters and streamers and everything, every everybody in that realm is making a crap ton of money. And, you know, and it's a very teeny tiny proportion of people that make any money off of any podcasting, off of any streaming, off of whatever. And I never went into it with the idea of, ooh, I'm going to make this a job one day, right? Like, I'm going to make this. And you know what? I've done that in my life before where I I had a hobby and I loved it so much. I sort of got a little bit of actual training and then I did it for a career for several years. And then it was no longer my hobby. And that sucked really bad. Right. It's a lot like that with any art form. You know, mm -hmm. for every Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, somebody who makes millions of dollars on their books, there's those people that – have to take their book around to sell, sell them out of the back of their car. You know, they're barely scraping right. by. Actors are the same way. So right. 
there are professional make, yeah professional sports you know oh yeah, yeah. Of one you know one half of one percent of of all you know really good high school sports athletes you know of any in any sport actually make it so that they can act they make a career out of it and only one percent of those are making the millions that everybody always associates with right you know so yeah i kind of feel the same way like you know if, if either of my kids are good enough at sports to get to go to college you know on a scholarship mm-hmm. that's great that's win, just yeah. like there's there have been there, there have literally been points where i've thought about stopping the podcast uh but then i was like but i get to go to gen con for free you know that's kind of right. worth a lot of money. So yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though my my free trips to Gen Con usually cost me about a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, because I don't pay for my hundred dollar ticket. I'm like, well, I can have this good meal. I can buy this game. Yeah, this I'm, st- I'm still yeah. traveling. I'm still paying for the hotel room. You know, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. But I don't pay for that actual bag. That, that so bag, it seems yeah, like it's no. a free trip. Yeah, I'm exactly the same yeah, way. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and. One of the reasons I had asked about the stay-at-home that thing, because you had talked about uh, doing the multiple, like eight eight miles a day, and I only got a brief window of that when I was on maternity leave, and I had a little infant that wanted to only sleep if he was on top of me, mm-hmm. or if he was in a stroller being pushed, mm-hmm. and so I ended up doing a lot of walking, and it was really great. I do miss being able to do that much walking, because mm-hmm. now I have a full-time job and a four-year-old. Um, but I, I wanted to, I, I just wanted to say, I, I think that's a really big piece, right? Like, the- Oh yeah. It's huge. You know, again, I, my success, a lot of it was tied to that exercise because my, my diet alone, I would have lost that, you know, 70 to maybe 110. The reason I was so successful is because I put in so many, you know, I literally was walking, you know, my shoes apart. I was walking so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so exercise is just a huge part of it, but it's, it's obviously easier because, like I said, I've lost weight many, many times, and I'm very obsessive about when I'm trying to lose weight. I'm very obsessive about my weight. You know, if I get on the scale, I get on the scale every day, and if I don't see the number go down even a little bit every single day, I would be like, "Why am I even doing this? I'm just going to go eat a tub of ice cream." You know, and because of the surgery, the numbers went down. I mean, I think over the last because I, I track my weight every day for 365 days. And I think there might have been two days out of that 365 where the number didn't go down at least a little bit mm. every single day. And so that motivation was keeping me going and keeping me focused. And then I hit uh, my 130 target. So I went from two or yeah, 325 to 195. And um, I'm now down to 190. So I've lost five more pounds, but that's actually come in just the last few weeks. I've, I've upped my walking. Now I walk like maybe maybe less than two miles a day, probably like a mile and a half a day. Once I just do it once a day, I do a lot less because I've got other things going on. And I kind of just more like a maintain, but I've upped it a little bit. I'm trying to get to 185. I want to see if I can actually lose that, get that down. Because I've said for years that I thought those height weight charts that they, you know, you go online, like how tall I am, male, female, how much did I weigh, that unless I lost a leg, I would never get there. But now I'm actually only like six pounds away. It's 185 is what I'm supposed to weigh according to those height weight charts. I'm like, maybe I could lose. So it also is part of that obsessiveness where I'm like, if I keep seeing the numbers go down, I'm going to keep being motivated. I'm, I'm worried that if I get to the point where I'm strictly maintaining that I might backslide a little bit. So there's also a little bit my understanding my own, Right. Had issues that if I have something to focus on, it's easier than if I'm just not focused on anything except maintaining, which for some reason doesn't fit in my brain as something to target. Well, uh, so which which I mean, you can't 
continuously lose every single day forever, that would be horribly yeah. unhealthy. Right? Yeah. You'll eventually disappear and waste away. So I mean, Stephen King wrote a book about that, right? Yeah, he did. I read that book. Uh, that was a, that was the Bachman series. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at this point, I've I've pretty much maintained. I was like one ninety five for about four months straight. Just pretty much just kept okay. on that. So I know that I can maintain, but there's still a part of me that just worries that you know eventually because my stomach will continue to grow. So if I have any bad habits, they're going to start to multiply and push me the other way. So it was just a way to kind of keep myself really focused for a little while longer. Right. And this so, might be, no, go ahead. oh, sorry. I was going to say, it might be, feel free to say you don't want to answer or anything like that. But do you, because you had talked about earlier how you had gotten to this place where you were accepting of what your current reality was. Mm-hmm. And then you were faced with um, like a an event where you now had a goal. Like, But it wasn't about you per se, like, Cause like sometimes people get into this thing where it's like the weight becomes, uh, whether or not they are succeeding or failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now instead it was like, if I don't do this, then I won't live to be as old as I want to be, right. which is a slightly different goal than like trying to prove your worth by losing the weight. Right. It, no, do you think that helped? I, I, I like, I don't know if it helped, but certainly didn't hurt. Right. Uh, you know, I had got to the point where I was just, I was going to be satisfied. I was going to be happy. And I, I got to a good place. And of course, that's when things change. And a completely side tangent, uh, I'm a huge Marvel MCU fan. Um, and I think that a lot of people have taken the fat Thor message the wrong way. Uh, you know, that he'll become an overweight because his depression was like a, a bad thing. But the whole thing when he gets the hammer back and says he's still worthy, like I will break down in tears every time I watch that. Sometimes just talking about it, I will. Because as someone who was heavy most of my life, that was affirming to me that you can be overweight, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. He was still worthy, even though he had gained that weight, to hold the hammer. And that's kind of like the mindset that I try, need, I try to get into is that mm-hmm. I was still a good dad, still a good husband. You know, when I had the job that I was at, I still went to work and I did a good job. And the fact that I was overweight doesn't mean that I'm not a good person or wasn't a good person. For me, if it hadn't been the health issues, which sadly those are tied together for people. And as you get older, you know, even if like, like me, even if you've had been weight most of your overweight most of your life and didn't have them, eventually it will catch up to you. But yeah, if the doctor hadn't told me, you know, you have diabetes, you have high cholesterol, you have high cholesterol, you're going to die if you don't change something. I was in a good place. I was pretty content. So you, one of the things you you kind of talk about and that we've talked about a lot over the last how long we've we been doing this? Almost a year. Um, we've been doing this oh, a little more than a year. I think we've been doing this show. Um, is that there, there's a difference between fitness and health and weight, right? Weight yes. is correlated to health, but weight and health are not the same thing. Uh, and it sounds like, like the vehicle with which you have worked towards health has been through weight loss, but the motivation to, to take that step had more to do with the fitness, the health, right? You were you were satisfied with your weight, but when you were told that there were significant health problems, um, that's what brought you to action. Right. Yeah, com- completely. And, you know, I'm certainly more cardiovascularly fit than I've probably ever been. You know, if, if you need me to go out and walk 10 miles in a day, 
I'll do it. As long as my, my Bluetooth is working, I don't change my batteries, I'm fine. But I'm physically weaker than I used mm. to be. Like, uh, just playing around, like wrestling with my kids. Part of it is they're getting bigger, but like they can win now. You know, we used to dogpile on the bed and I'd wrestle with my kids and I'd throw them around. And now I can't really do that anymore. Uh, and I think part of that, you know, I've lost muscle as well. So it's not like it's, I just lost all the fat. You know, I don't look anything like Chris Hemsworth. Trust me, it's it's not good <laughs> under there. Um, but having the weight off has, has allowed me to do other things. The fact that I can go walking, you know, for I could just start walking for a couple hours and I'm not going to be sweating so bad that I think I'm going to die. Uh, which I used to do, even when I was content with my weight. You know, I was so overweight that going up a flight of steps, I'd be out of breath. You know, carrying groceries, I'd have to sit down and take a break. I don't have to do those things, but physical strength, I'm definitely weaker than I was before. Uh, for a while, I started working in yoga, and I that was actually great, but it's just it's so hard to get into a routine. My wife and I would do it together, but, you know, she obviously still has a job. So there's some days where... Like, I want to do it while she's working, but then if I do it, she won't do it with me, so I'll wait for her, but then she doesn't want to do it after work because now it's time for dinner, then after dinner, kids, and then right. we end up missing. Um, so when we were on the program together, it was actually very beneficial, and I, I'm a big believer in doing it. It's just, it's easy for me to walk because I don't need her. I, I just get right. up, I take the kids to school, I come back, I go for a walk. There are you know, so many then, things like like that that people... People talk about the benefits they get from doing yoga or meditation or whatever. And I've tried both, usually with my kids. I did Tai Chi for a while. We talked about that here. Um, you know, and and I never felt like I was failing at doing any of them, but I never like I never felt that drive to do it. I was doing it because I had made a decision to do it, not right. because I felt like I was getting much out of it, um, other than it was an activity to do and spend time with my kids, but yeah. But I'm glad yeah, that it sounded like you had some <laughs> some benefits to it. So yeah, I mean, I definitely I could tell a difference in uh, you know tightening up things that are not tight at the moment. Uh, I, you know, some difference in strength. But walking for me is again, I have a kind of an obsessive compulsive personality, which is you know, both good and bad for a lot of the things I try to do. But like, I can put on an audio book and I can go walk for a couple hours. Uh, and now I walk for like 45 minutes, but before I was, and it was completely fine. Like I had no problem with doing that. Cause I would just look at my watch or I'd look at my Fitbit like, okay, I'm gonna get two miles. I'm gonna get eight miles. And I have a goal with yoga. It's not very goal oriented. Uh, and we were doing this yoga challenge with my wife and I with another couple. And so we would like try to encourage each other. Like, Hey, have you done it today? And we found someone on YouTube that does the free yoga stuff. And that's some of the times we, were, we didn't. That's like, what we were doing too. Was this, uh, somebody on on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't honestly. I don't think she's a great teacher. Uh, she's famous, so she probably knows more than I do. But I used to. I'm heavy into martial arts a lot when I was uh, younger, and uh, I, I kind of view that through the lens. And I don't think she's a very good teacher because I didn't feel like I was ever learning more. Like every episode was just different. Um, so I never felt like 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 a perfect thing for me would be to take one of them that's really hard. And they keep doing it over and over and over until I can get all the way through it without feeling like I'm going to die. But that's not what this person does. And so like one day you do this, one day you do that. And never, I never felt like it was any sort of structure. I think that was part of my problem with it as well. Um, and my wife was right there with me. So it wasn't just me. She's also like, I don't like this one or this one. We just sat there and we would breathe for like 20 minutes and then we would stretch for five. It's like, I, that was nothing. Like I want the one where I'm like building muscle or, or feeling stress and, 
So that's probably what I should do is just pick one that's really hard and just do it over and over again. That actually would fit into my brain space and I feel like I'm accomplishing things. So you talked about, you, you kind of yo-yoed as people oftentimes do with your weight, right? I've, I've been that person, right? I did, I got involved in uh, twice when I was teaching middle school back in North Carolina um, I got involved in some weight loss challenges and I won every single yeah. time to the point that they stopped doing it because it's no fun. Jeff's going to win again. Yep. Uh, but by the next year when the weight loss challenge came up again, I would win because I had gained the weight back, right? I was yep. calorie counting. I was losing, you know, really good amounts of weight on a regular basis. Uh, but it was, you know, slowly but surely over the next six months, I'd be back to uh, right back to where I had started. Um, you decided to, uh, approach the situation differently this time and and we still have yet to to wait and see whether or not it's going to yo-yo back right i mean you could still um backslide here um but i'm curious why you know you said you you really debated back and forth about whether or not to do the surgery so talk a little bit about um that debate what were the two sides you were considering and why you ultimately decided to do the surgery well, part of my issue, I've always said that if I had more time, right, if I, just had, if I just had more time, well, my wife allowed me to have that time. I, I, we'd already transitioned to the fact that I was a stay-at-home dad, so it had kind of taken away my excuses. You know, I, I had the time at that point, and I, I did start a diet before I went on the, um, before I went to the surgery path after I'd stopped working. And again, I lost a few pounds. I, I could just about lose 10 pounds in a week just by thinking about it. You know, that first 10 pounds for me was nothing, but again, it always would come back. And so I lost a little bit of weight, but then it came back again. And I just got to the point where I realized, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it on my own. The, the problem is that it is, it's such a huge decision. If anyone's considered doing this, do the research because it is a it's a life-changing decision. The way you interact with food will be different for the rest of your life. And I grew up in that household where food was a reward. On our birthdays, we got a special dinner. If I got good grades, I got a special dinner. If, you know, if I did this, I got a special dinner. I have a huge sweet tooth. Absolutely, I love candy and basically almost anything you can think of as sweet, I love it. And again, same thing. If I did really good in school, I get a ice cream cake or I get a hot fudge cake or I get ice cream. And so I have been trained to associate success with food. You know, if something good happens, food. I celebrate with food. And that's just part of my particular cycle. And for most people, or I should say a lot of people when they have this diet, you have to be pretty much nothing with any type of high sugary food because there's a there's a pretty disgusting thing that can happen if, if when you have a surgery, if you have too much sugar, uh, don't want to get into the specifics, do your own research, it's bad. It's really, really bad. But I've turned out to have it. And it's bad, like, to the point that you don't want to go through that. Yes. Um, But I've actually had a very high tolerance uh, for that. So it has not affected me as bad as as I feared it would. And that was one of the things, like, you know, if my kid has a birthday, I want to be able to have a bite of cake. And I I am able, but not everyone can. You know, that's the thing is that I went into this thinking that I may never be able to have a bite of cake again. I may never have, you know, a cupcake with my, my kids. If, uh, if we want to go out to a nice dinner, 
you know, I don't want to go to like a Jeff Ruby steakhouse and plop down 50 bucks for a steak and not be able to eat more than like two actual bites of it. And uh, so that kind of worried me because I have such a strong association with food as in a reward and celebration. I have been very fortunate, though. Uh, the first time I had a brownie after the surgery, I'd, I'd waited probably a good two months before I had any sort of cheating at all. And it's not really even cheating, but just, you know, I was very much strict by the diet. Everything was high protein, vegetables, that kind of thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a brownie. Within about 10 minutes of having that brownie, I was in the bathroom, on the ground, dry heaving with back spasms for a good half hour. Uh, I did actually end up regurgitating the brownie. Uh, it was it was awful. I mean, I was in so much pain and distress. I felt like I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I, you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but yeah, basically I'm dry heaving and throwing up uh, this brownie. And I'm like, well, that's never going to happen again. Uh, and then slowly, I, you know, I, different recipe, smaller portion, make sure I chew it very, very good. Because that still does happen to me sometimes. Like you have to chew your food so much more than maybe. Because yeah. I, I actually had a friend tell me once I that I ate like a wounded animal. Like we would go out to a restaurant and I would be like, <laughs> and I would sit back and I would be done eating and they would be like barely be started. And I didn't think about it. That's just how I ate. So now I have to be super conscious of how much I put in my mouth at a time, how much I chew it before I swallow. Cause even something that shouldn't bother me, if I don't chew it up well, it will have a negative effect. Uh, again, I have a much smaller stomach. It doesn't get digested as well. It goes into the intestine sooner. Uh, one of the reasons why you lose weight is because you don't get value from the food, even that you do eat. So if I eat nothing but high protein, my body only absorbs a, a percentage of what it would have before it goes through so much faster. Um, so part of the weight loss is that you're literally starving yourself, even if you're eating normally. Uh, so I take a ton of supplements. I'm multiple multivitamins every day, calcium supplements, potassium supplements, B12 supplements. Um, so luckily that's the only medication I'm on. I'm off all, all the diabetic stuff. I'm off my blood pressure stuff. I'm off everything except for supplements right now. Um, so from that standpoint, it's been a huge win, but again, it's, it's a completely different way that I interact with food. And food had become this huge, important thing to me. So it was a it was a big decision. And I went back and forth on it. Uh, one of the things you have to do before you have to start, there's a whole class you have to go through. You have to meet with a nutritionist multiple times. They track your weight. And then the two weeks before the surgery, you have to go on a, on a diet, which is mostly shakes uh, and like soup. It's, it's really hard. The soup is not good tasting soup. But on that diet, I lost 20 pounds. So mm. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. And the day before the surgery, I talked to my wife. I was like, do I just keep doing this? You know, I, do I just keep doing this two-week diet? Because I've lost so much weight already. Maybe this is what I can do. And then I just kept thinking, like, I've done this before. I'm going to I'm gonna eventually fall off the wagon. And then I've, you know, I've wasted this whole year, this whole, you know, research process, the whole getting into the program process. So I went ahead and did it. But that was my big fear is that am I going to be miserable? Because um can't drink soda like at all can't have anything carbonated can't drink anything through a straw who knew because you'll get too much air in your stomach and it can mm. cause you to regurgitate and i i don't drink a whole lot of soda but i do enjoy sodas so it's like am i going to be happy or am i going to be miserable for the rest of my life and that was the decision i had to weigh and again i'm very lucky most people don't have the side effects to such a small extent that i do but that was my fear is that I was just going to hate 
life, even though I would live longer, I would not enjoy it. Fortunately, that's not been the case for me, but that was the decision I had to weigh. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, hey, you're going to lose 130 pounds or not. It's you may hate yourself for the rest of your life and you may be miserable when it comes to food for the rest of your life, but you could lose weight. So those are the two decisions I was weighing. Okay. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like like this is not something that people should should do on a whim, right? Not that no. not that anybody would do it for you right. on a whim, uh, but it sounds like you spent a year learning about it, talking to people, going through a program, preparing for it, uh, and that it was a whole it was a whole thing, right? It was a whole big thing, uh, but I do encourage people to investigate it. You know, even if you don't necessarily have uh, health issues. If it's something that you're interested in, do the research on your own. There's lots of stuff online. Again, YouTube will have all of this. Um, if you live anywhere near Cincinnati, Dr. Kalakian, again, he's one of the best in the world at this. Because, as my, the doctor explained, me failing to lose weight wasn't a failure as a person. It was my body's and my chemistry, the evolution, trying to do what it thought was right, but was counter to what I wanted. And... You know, again, not to say you can't do it without the surgery. Lots of people have, but more people have failed like I did over and over and over again. So it it, it makes it easier to lose the weight if you're willing to put up with the sacrifices or the potential sacrifices you have to make. So I definitely I mean, it's like I had Lasix when I was in college. I, you know, I had thick glasses, thick as you can see. I, to take off my glasses, I, I wouldn't be able to see the computer screen in front of me, I wouldn't be able to read the words. I was so nearsighted. It was off the charts. But I was afraid of getting LASIK. This was, again, 30 years ago at this point. Everyone's like, you know, you'll, you'll be blind, whatever. I finally did it. And within 24 hours, I had 2015 vision. And I'm like, why did I not do this earlier? Why did I wait so long? I wish I would have done it before. And for me personally, that's how I feel about the surgery. Like, I wish I would have done this in my 20s. Because my quality of life would have been so much higher throughout those years. But it didn't seem like it's something I needed to do. And and in my mind, it was accepting the fact that I needed surgery in my mind was me failing. And I know that that's not true, but I felt that way. And even now, I want to make sure anytime I talk about my weight loss, I'm going to be very clear. I had a surgery. Like, I didn't just do this on my own because I don't want people to think that I I, could have done that. I don't want to get the wrong impression. If it wasn't for the surgery, I wouldn't be where I am now, but it's not to say it's for everybody, not to say everyone should do it, but I definitely encourage people to investigate it if, if you are, if you're overweight at all, because it's not that you can't do it enough, it's that your body's actively trying to keep you from doing it, and it's hard to wrap your mind around. Again, people smarter than me can explain it better than I can, but my doctor pretty much said, this is why you're failing, I can fix that, and he, at least for me, was was successful. Right. Um, and it, but it sound, also sounds a little bit like um, the the part like the the surgery was a key component to your success, but it sounds a little bit like the the lifestyle change that you went through to becoming a stay at home dad also significantly oh, yeah. contributed to your success because like right now uh, you know the this last several months uh, I've been working on my you know we haven't gotten to the part where we talk about our goals yet and how we're doing but but my goal has just been to to get active stay active be act, you know get out and do things last semester was okay my schedule was such I could get out you know three days a week and this semester hasn't been uh, and so being 
active um, just hasn't been an option for me because I'm super busy minimum four days a week. Um, and that makes it hard to get out otherwise. So so it sounds like the fact that you can, your life switched to to being a stay-at-home dad gave you that flexibility and that time to do the things you needed to do to maintain and, and exercise 100, and do all that. 100%. The, the surgery would have got me to lose a lot of the weight. Again, the doctor estimated 70 to 110. 110 was like the upper echelon of where they thought I would lose. But because I had the freedom to do so much exercise and not only that, but like when you're working, it's harder to control your, your food intake. You know, you're, you're running late for work. So you grab McDonald's McMuffin or whatever, you know, uh, you're at work. So you eat at your desk, you know, you have maybe fast food, maybe you pack, I don't know, but just all that for me changed. I was, I had complete control over everything I ate when I ate it. I didn't have to worry about emails to schedule. So I'm absolutely so fortunate that these things all sort of combined together and, you know, again, in a weird way, even the pandemic to a point, because then I wasn't expected to go out and do anything. I literally just stayed at home for six months and then I would walk every day. My kids were learning virtually. So, I, you know, I get them up in the morning, get them on their thing. I make them their lunch, make them breakfast. But I still had like several hours every day that I could do whatever I wanted. And, you know, there were other things I would want have wanted to do. I would have liked to have recorded more podcasts, play some video games, you know, whatever. But I made a point that every day I was going to walk for two hours in the morning and two hours at night. But because I didn't have any other or any other, I didn't have any work responsibilities, I could do that. It's, you know, I want to be a writer, but I've not as of yet done that. I know people that are like, I get up every morning at five and I write for two hours before I go to work. I just don't have that kind of type of discipline. I'm sure there are people who could have still made time to walk two hours every morning, two hours every night, but it wasn't going to happen for me. And I don't think that means I'm a failure. It just you need to use your the auto dictation on your phone and narrate your writing while you do your four uh, four, yeah, four hours of walking a day, right? Yeah. That would be a lot. You'd get a ton of writing in. <laughs> yeah, that's not working now. But when I first started, I made a few Patreon videos, like I was sending like to our patrons, and mm-hmm. I was huffing and puffing so much as I was walking that it was. I'm sure it was almost <laughs> illegible. But maybe now I'm probably at the point where I could probably half my walk would be legible on an auto dictate. So it sounds like what needs to happen is, um, you know, people need to, if you really want to lose weight or maintain or get healthy or whatever, one of the major things everybody needs to do is stop working. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> <right>? Yes. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And also be wealthy so that you can afford good, yeah. high, high, you know, high value foods and don't have yeah. – Snack foods that are, you know, the, the, we, we it cost you 99 cents to buy a salad or no, it's like 99 cents to buy a hamburger, but $3 to buy a salad type of right. a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, again, you work within what you have, use all the resources that you have available. And, you know, I'm a big believer that any type of diet will work if it's a type of diet that you can stay on. For me, it was Atkins. I had tons of success with Atkins until I stopped doing it. But some people, it's the South Beach. Some people, it's counting calories. Some people, it's slim fast. Any of them will work if you will do them. So finding the diet that you can sustain the longest will have the best success. And then exercising within what you can do. If you, I have a friend of mine who does ring fit on his Nintendo Wii now. He loves it, does it all the time. (laughs) If that's what gets you moving, then uh, yeah. Absolutely. Gamify exercise as much as you can. Uh, You know, I went to an extreme because I needed to, but, you know, it's not necessary for everybody. That's the other thing, too, because, like, your doctor told you what the consequences would be. 
but it didn't seem like your doctors were necessarily pushing you or saying like, this is the only thing that's going to work. Right. Um, uh, it it was really driven by you, which I don't think everyone gets from their doctors. mm -hmm. I think part of it, because everything had changed. Like I had those conversations with my doctors, like, you know, I've been overweight most of my life, but I've never had this problem, this problem, this problem. And they're like, well, you do now. Uh, you know, so we talked about, you know, what I would need to do. And, uh, you know, I, I was pre-diabetic for about two years and I tried to diet. Like the, the day I got my diabetic diagnosis, I went on a diet and I lost 45 pounds in like two and a half months. And my doctor's like, this is great. You're, you're fine. And then I put on all the weight back on and then some, and I got heavier. And then it's like, you know, now my numbers are worse than when they started. And so I just, again, I, I always did that yo-yo thing. And, you know, again, I have kids now, uh, and I want to be around as long as I can for them. And as sad as it is, if I didn't have kids, I may not have done this, but that was a big, that was a big motivation for me is I want to be around long enough to see them grow up and maybe them have kids. And, and the doctor was pretty much, blunt that you're not going to, you know, see 60 or you'll be lucky to see 60 where you're at now. Mm. Uh, and you know, that's the wake up call. I needed to do something drastic for me. And for, you know, again, drastic for me was one thing. Doesn't mean that has to be the same thing for other people. Uh, but yeah, it was a huge motivation. To the fact that I just, you know, again, I, when I, I was 24 and they had told me you might not live to 60, uh, 60 so far away, but at 44, right. when they tell you 60, it's like, wow, that, I'm 75% of the way there. That's, you know, that, that was a bigger deal at that kind of that time. But I mean, there's plenty of people who are overweight who, to Jeff's point earlier, are healthy. You know, they're, they're healthier and they're stronger than me. They could probably outrun me and outlast me. Uh, different people, there's genetics play such a huge part in all of this uh, as well. And, uh, you know, to deny that I think is silly, but there are, you know, there's, steps that you can take within your own life that will help. But uh, again, I, I keep reading it. For me, it was, I, I needed to do something drastic and this is what I chose to do. And it, I'm so grateful that it worked as well as it has. Okay. Well, one of the things we like to do uh, in each episode, uh, and I figure we should get to this next because I know you have to, you have elsewhere that other people uh, with demands on your time and you've already given up a, a kid's baseball game to be with us today. So just uh, practice. Okay. <laughs> but still, um, is we like to talk about sort of our, where our goals are, what progress we've made towards the goals that we've set before. Uh, it, it seems like you've more or less been talking about sort of your progress towards your goals uh, yeah. to date so far. What are your goals going forward? And then we'll hear from each of the rest of us sort of, of how we're doing and, wh and what our new goals are. So knowing again that I have obsessive compulsive uh, issues I was weighing myself every day again. I had a, I had a whole spreadsheet set up on my an Excel, and every day I'd weigh myself and I'd plug it in. And I would see all the numbers. So one of my goals now is to not weigh myself more than every month. I have already failed at that several times, but I have got to the point where I'm not weighing myself every day. And to me, that that's a huge step. Uh, just we, being we've had that conversation before. Uh, we had uh, David Net. I don't know if you know David. Uh, he's out in California. He's uh, he owns a geek themed sort of gym. Uh, okay. Out there, he did. Uh, he's he's done some acting and things as well, mm. um, some video stuff. So, um, but yeah, we had him on, and that's one of the things he encouraged. I think it was him that encouraged us to not weigh in so much. And so, yeah. I I basically stopped weighing in unless we were doing one of these recordings. Mm -hmm. And even then, sometimes I like for this recording, it just didn't even occur to me. I didn't weigh in, um, and maybe I should more often because I may not be making the progress that I hope I am. But um, 
Yeah, I, seeing those numbers are a big part of how I mm-hmm. kept myself focused. So when I when I was on the for the first year, I again I weighed myself literally every single day, and then I got to the point after that year, I started weighing myself every week. So I went almost two months where I weighed myself just every Monday. And now I'm trying to get to the point where I'm just weighing myself once a month. Mm. And I think I've weighed myself three times so far this month. So it's still a huge improvement for me. But I need to get to the point where I'm not so worried about it that I focus on it. You know, again, it's even though I've lost the weight, that weight is still weighs on my mind. And, you know, I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with depression. And a lot of that was tied into those type of tendencies. So I'm trying to just for my own mental health not be so focused on it but it's it's easier for me now that i have lost that weight that you know i'm not trying to see the numbers go down at this point i'm trying to just make sure they don't go up more like at this point i've actually transitioned to as i do want to lose another five pounds i want to get to 185 so i'm kind of wanting to see them go down again but for the most part i just don't want to see them go up so that's kind of my goal is to not be so focused on the numbers that i'm making myself anxious over it uh, and then my other goal will be again i'm trying to lose another five pounds but it's it's more just to keep me, myself motivated than any sort of need to do that. Okay, Tracy, Sam, you want to talk about your goals uh, and progress next? I mean, I think we can talk at least about one thing. Uh, last time we recorded, we started using the Habitica app to sort of track our behaviors. <laughs> we and, did. Uh, we did. Uh, we we that was like the the extra topic on that whole episode, and uh, I think I'm I not stuck- familiar with that. Uh, it, it's a it's a behavior tracking and you give yourself points and it's set up like an RPG, like an 8-bit RPG sort oh. of thing. And you level up and gain classes and find equipment and raise pets and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but part of the big thing is that it's it's a group activity. Uh, and and so you're motivated by seeing the progress of the other people in your group and, and sure. sort of establishing good habits that way. And I think I stuck with it the longest – uh, but we all sort of fell off and stopped using it. So I think we can report that, that we all started using Habitica about, what, two months ago, uh, and we all stopped using it about uh, a month to a month and a half ago. Well, I'm actually <laughs> using it again. Oh, are you? Oh. So, what, so what happened is uh, – so. Well, yeah, you've had issues. <laughs> my mom had been – so – uh, end of September, October through January, I had to do wound care for my mom because she had uh, developed sepsis and then some wounds. And then I was like, I am ready. I, we're, we're done with this. I'm going to get my life back on track now because pandemic and everything. And then so I started doing Habitica. I had this whole plan of doing there's this thing called a 40 days, 40 bags for Lent where you try to like go through your stuff and get rid of extra stuff. I was all ready for this. And then near the beginning of March, my mom had a heart attack. And then oh, no. about two weeks later, and, and she's okay now. Like she, uh, she made it through. And then like about two weeks later, my dad went to the hospital for a week and I just put myself in Habitica in the tavern. And I was just like, I cannot, this is not what I can do right now. Yeah. What I can do is help my parents get through this. We've done a lot of that. We've gotten them a little better. So uh, I'm starting it up back up again because I want okay. to do those improvements. So, well, but maybe, I am maybe I'll get back I'm, into it then. I'm sorry. <laughs> now that, that, I'm, not, I, now that I'm not alone. Yeah. It's like ghost. <laughs> um, and then other progress I've made is I have started my garden. Uh, I got boxes and dirt uh, for garden beds. We're doing raised garden beds because one of the big problems I've had during this lovely pandemic 
is getting fresh fruits and vegetables that don't go bad right away. Mm-hmm. So doing a lot of lettuce. I already have uh, sugar snap peas going, uh, starting to do the charts for like when I got to plan everything. And it's exercise. So it's like a whole like, and my my parents also love, and my brother uh, who's is diabetic too. They all love fruits and like they all love vegetables. So I, I'll be able to share it with them too. So yes. hopefully that all goes well. And I don't have another like need to drop everything uh, yeah. time. But even if I do, let us, they grow in succession. You can just start up again two weeks later. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, let me jump in really quickly. Uh, this is absolutely not a commercial, but one of the things that we did uh, for our household is we signed up for one of those meal plan kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do dinnerly. Again, uh, they don't pay me any money. I pay them every month. Uh, <laughs> but we sign up for uh, everything's two portions. And then when I make dinner, we split it between our whole family. Uh, so there's me and I have two kids. I have a uh, 10 year old and a nine year old soon to be uh, or 11 and nine soon to be 11 and 10. So basically the four of us split what is officially two portions through dinnerly, but it's always very healthy. Like we make the healthy choices, a lot of fruits and vegetables and stuff. And it also helps our calorie and portion control, which I can only, I can barely eat half of a portion anyways in the setting, but you know, it helps my wife. She's lowered her calorie intake and her boys. So they're eating healthier and less calories. So again, I know that costs money, and everyone can do that, but it is something that's also worked for us as well for the whole family, not just for me. Yeah, and we and I know we've tried in the past. Are they do they have lower carb options? Because that's been one of the problems I've had with some of the meal kits. I, I don't know because okay. that's not one one of the things we look at. Right. Uh, I know they do have like the healthy options. There's vegetarian. There's kid. There's like multiple categories you can filter it, but I don't know if low carb is one of them. Yeah, I know well, like, that. I know. I know. I've heard. I have heard advertisements on other podcasts uh, for meal meal prep services, and I remember one of them specifically talking about a a carb conscious option. So yeah, know, so I'm I sure know. some of them they exist. Yeah. Cater to that. I don't know if dinnerly does. It may. I just I don't know. Yeah, because I, I have I do have diabetes as well, and and specifically things like breads and stuff. So they're like the one we were doing had a lot of sandwiches, which is okay when it yeah. except for it's not. Um, and so we're trying to, cause that's, that's one of the ones that will send my blood sugar up. I also did go to the doctors, uh, my A1C is not great right now, but with all the stress that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're working on, on that. I think, uh, you can also report that I think since we've recorded last that you have received two doses of the vaccine. So Ooh. is that right? Yes. Yeah, and it's been two weeks since my last one. Uh, on Friday, tomorrow, it'll be two weeks. So I, 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 I got I got my second dose last week. So I am this Friday. I'm one week in, and next week Friday, I can start licking all the doorknobs again. Yeah, you've been <laughs> waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife gets I, her second soon. Uh, yeah. We've already put it on the calendar with my gaming group that uh, as of the 14th of next month, everybody in my gaming group and my wife will have been completely vaccinated for two weeks and we can start gathering in person again for the first right. time in a year plus. Mm-hmm. Sam, how are you doing? Yeah. So, you know, we have our my wife and I have our second dose on this coming Wednesday. So uh, that's you know, really awesome. We're, we're looking forward to it. Um, we have not eaten out at a restaurant or had takeout of any kind mm. since, uh, March 12th of last year. Wow. That's big. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's forced 
you know, from the pandemic, but also sure. we then also made a conscious choice when things started opening up again that, you know, we're just not going to eat out, you know, as much as we used to. Um, and so on one hand, you know, it's, I, I'm kind of eating healthier just because it's always healthier to eat at home right. than it is to eat out when you don't really have the ability to track what kind of preservatives are in the food that they're making and what what the quality of that food is even if you're at a relatively fancy restaurant or something you know you don't really always know uh, what that quality is so on one hand you know I'm 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 healthier in some ways than than I was but you know when you on balance when you look at the stress of the pandemic and just the different you know everything going on you know, it balances out so that it's basically even. It's not really a win per se. Um, but you know, now that now that we're getting the vaccine and and you know, uh, things are kind of settling down and we're getting a more positive outlook on the future, things are sort of shifting around. Um, I've had a super busy semester, so I haven't really had a lot of time to focus on anything other than my job. Um, but, you know, I feel pretty good. I stepped on the scale for the first time in like four months the other day. And, um, you know, it's not a great thing, but the fact that I haven't really been paying attention to it and my weight did not go sky high. And I, right. you know, I haven't really like, you know, because I've been focusing on so many other things, I literally was not paying attention at all, 100%. And the fact that it didn't go in the wrong direction it actually said because you know 10 years ago if i didn't pay attention to it for four months or for two months or whatever it would go or even one month it would go it would go up and down up down up down right mm -hmm. um so you know i'm i'm more on an even keel now and uh you know so that's okay i'm not you know i'm, I'm not meeting my goals so i think what i need to do is set set goals and for me there's this weird thing where if I write it down on paper every morning, every morning I get up and I try to write down, here are the five things I have to get done today. And all of those things are always work-related, right? And then other things impinge in between those things. And so some days I barely get those done and some days I don't get those five things done. But what I never put on there is exercise, right? And so I think what honestly, I think a different strategy for me personally, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days, is I'm just going to have to put exercise on that list and make sure that I start doing that. I mean, it sounds so silly and stupid, but because I am – I'm just regimented that way where if I put it on my to-do list, it's going to get done, right? <laughs> and, and, and if I don't put it on my to-do list, though, it ends up falling off of the priority list. And, you know, it's way too easy for me to let exercise and eating better and really paying attention to all that stuff. It's easy to let that fall off because I'm, I'm very much what you were talking about earlier. I was raised where, you know, food is the, the reward and, you know, food is when, okay, it's been a long, stressful day. Let's go, you know, let's go sit down and have a really nice dinner and it's comfort food when I say that, right? It's ni yeah. nice dinner doesn't mean like, you know, giant salad. It means, you know, turkey and gravy and stuffing and you know what I mean? It's like it's comfort food, but it's really not the most healthy choices. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm, Jeff, I'm, you, you were you were smiling and, and I am I am because because there's um, you're talking about the kinds of things that you need to be successful. And it occurs to me that we need to restart the journaling series and get you in with the Heroes Journal. Uh, is that what you're holding up, Tracy? That's what I was attempting to hold up. Yeah. Uh, So the Heroes Journal is specifically designed to do exactly the things that you're talking about. It Mm -hmm. has you writing down your – you set a goal at the beginning of it. It's a three-month journal. You Mm -hmm. set a goal at the beginning of it and you rewrite that that goal every single day at the top Mm -hmm. of each new page. You set three sort of specific to-do tasks and you describe sort of the things you're grateful for and the what do they call it your allies and your threats uh you know Mm -hmm. it's all fantasy themed and there's little fun cartoons and whatever um but it sounds like the the sort of thing that you're you know you talked about you know you needed to write it down you need to have that Mm -hmm. list in front of you like this seems like the exact sort of thing um that you know we should have invited you on the journaling uh series for (laughs) so now i and i had an extra one i'd send it to you but i let i I figured that since i had the extra one and my Mm -hmm. youngest was begging me to use it i I gave it to him and let him uh start filling out the journal but here's here's the thing with that though and i it it might work i I don't don't know if it'll work for me but there is something that happens in my brain when I take things and I try to use um, my RPG hobby as a reward. Like I say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I'll get to read this RPG book if I do this thing or whatever. What happens is if sometimes I don't get to it, it makes me feel really guilty about doing RPG stuff if Um. I haven't done that other thing first. And now, this is a paradox, right? Because I know that's the whole point of it, so right. that you feel guilt, you feel bad enough that you do the other thing first. But the problem with that is, I don't want to feel guilty about my hobby, right. no, because it makes me not like myself. Well, and that's right? that's that's what I mean. The, the it the Heroes Journal is definitely themed that way, and I expected it to be more. Mm-hmm. Using gamifying the journaling, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not. It's not doing that at all. It's it's it, it's really just the only thing that's that's fantasy ish about it is the artwork and and the the labels. But the actual mm-hmm. pr- process of mm-hmm. what you're doing is setting goals and tracking your time and figuring out what helps right. you and what what got in your way. Um, it's it's really. I mean, I, I I listened to the episode because I edited it, so I know. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I I'm just saying, like for me, so I yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have to look into it. I'll have yeah. to look at what the no, actual. And, and like, the, tri- the trick is, and there, I, and I I was looking at this journal specifically for a long time, and the trick to it, the whole thing, to for me is, um, as journals go, the hero's journal is an expensive one, mm-hmm. and I did not know. If I was willing to invest the money in it to to see if I was interested in it, like is it worth fifty bucks to find out? Yep, yeah, nope, nope. This isn't going to do it for me. You know, so yeah. that was a waste, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of why. Right. Uh, that's part of my motivation for doing the the podcast series. Was it? It's going to force. It's going to give me the excuse mm-hmm. to buy it and give me and force me to keep it up for a while so that we can do um, d- to do that journaling series, but. Yeah, I don't know. If if I ever uh, get another bundle, I'll uh, uh, or if we keep talking about other things or whatever, I'll I'll mm-hmm. get one and toss it your way. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go take a look. I don't, you know, $50 is not, uh, I mean, I, that is a lot of money. I'm not trying to downplay well, that. It's a lot girls. of money. Yeah. For, for, for me, it's, uh, you know, I have a, a, a really good job that I love and my wife and I don't have children. So we, we have a much uh, lower expense uh, setup than, than what a lot of people have. Sure. Uh, so that's, you know, it's not about the cost for me. Right. Um, right. and that's, it's funny to say that too, because the thing is on one hand, you might say, well, they have 50 bucks is expensive, but you know, if this is the thing that makes it so that you get healthier, then that 50 bucks is well spent. Yeah. Right. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. on the other hand, if it, if it, if it doesn't work for you and you don't use it, then it feels like you wasted 50 bucks. Right. right? For me, so, it's the value. So I, you know, like I can yeah. afford the 50 bucks, but I, but I'd feel bad if I spent the 50 bucks and didn't get right. value out of it. So. Right, 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 right. Anyway, Sam, after you get your vaccine all done, you could come over and take a look at one before you there you go. That $50 uh, down. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yep. All right. You're not too and far And do away some gardening you. on the way in and do some gardening yeah. on the yeah. way out. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Pick the things and put them down. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Sam, did you set goals for um, the next however long it ends up being before we meet again? Yeah. My goal is to get at least a half hour of exercise in every other day, minimum. Okay. Okay, very good. Uh, so so my goal last time was very simply to get more active. I was in the middle of the semester where I had classes four days a week and uh, and life was was such that it just was not happening at all. Uh, I was getting out uh, a little bit maybe sometimes, but then it was also cold and it was hard to justify getting out in the snow and going walking or whatever. Um, since then, I have gotten back into the routine of this the family – Saturday morning walk down at the river walk. We do a two and a half, three mile walk every every Saturday morning. We take, you know, the kids come. Uh, it's actually worked out really well. The youngest has started walking with me instead of with his brother. And I just take out one of my Bluetooth headphones and he puts it in his ear and we listen to our our book together that we listen to, which happens to be our book club book for the podcast as well. Mm. So I get, I get uh, you know, I get a good hour or so of doing that walk and listening to our book club book, but I'm doing it with him. Um, so that's gone well, um, or at least well enough. I still don't feel like I'm, you know, I, I used to be able to get out three, four days a week and at least go on a short run or a walk. Um, how's your hip? You know, yeah, you the, the pain issues, issues don't seem as bad right now, but I don't know if that's because I've been taking it easy for three months. Cause it's only recently, uh, like it was still bothering me a month ago. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, now that it's not, maybe I'll try to, to do a little bit of jogging or, or what have you. My goal for this, uh, this next stretch of however long it is, is just to take that and, and go further, get a little more active. Uh, and I've decided one of the great ways that I can probably start doing that is to, to take the dog out for his walk. You know, he, we've got a decent, uh, it's a good, what is it, half a mile to a mile around our neighborhood um, walk, and he loves going on that walk, and usually the kids do it, and my wife does it once a day, and you know what, I could take a turn, and that would be good for me to get out and get that activity, uh, and and that is not a huge time sink, even though I'm up to my eyeballs and, and too much work to do. Um, that that I think I could spend, you know, half an hour to 45 minutes, maybe an hour going on that walk around the neighborhood, you know, uh, at least a few times a week, if not every day. So that's my goal going forward is to, to try to get some more walking in that way. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, by the time next time we chat, um, it might if it's another two months, um, you know, 
maybe uh, the semester will be over and I can start talking about other things I'm doing. Right uh, in in a couple in a week, a little more than a week. Uh, my I'll be two weeks past my full vaccination, and I'm looking forward to I don't know maybe going back to the gym. Right, we've been we've been paying for it for several months. Um, it's been open for most of the pandemic, and they've got all uh, different safety things in, in place. Uh, and and I, even then, because we were on a contract, we they've let us freeze it basically until this year. And now we're paying for it, but we're not going. Um, so maybe I'll start going back to the gym uh, when it's you know rainy or cold or whatever for walking or running and and just on my own and what have you, but definitely not until a good while after I'm fully vaccinated. So we'll see. All right. So, Oh, what is, uh, Ismail talking about? Oh, game table food. Uh, Oh, I haven't talked about game table food because, uh, I haven't had anybody at my game table in like (laughs) a year plus. So uh, pretty much since we started the show, we've been, We've been um, in pandemic mode, right? I think when we've, I think we started it right around the time the pandemic started. Yep. Um, so the the issue of game table food definitely seems like the kind of thing that is worth talking about at some point. Um, it just doesn't feel super relevant right now because we're not at the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to do some of that. Uh, with my group, I was trying to do more of like, oh, if we're gonna get together and. Uh, and have snacks and whatever. Maybe I'll I'll provide a vegetable tray or whatever just to have something mm-hmm. um, a little healthier. But it d- usually didn't happen much anyway. We don't do a lot of snacking at my at my game. There's a there's a bit of drinking from some folks, but there's not a lot of snacking. So anyway, uh, I think for uh, Michael's benefit, uh, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, I promised him that we'd let him leave at nine, and it is nine <laughs> almost fifteen now. <laughs> Um, he's got other he's getting the honest tome show treatment. We yeah. never, ever, ever end on time. No, but we we try and we we get close sometimes. So. Brandis and I don't try. No, well, but that's it's just the two of you, <laughs> so you could do that to each other. Uh, so I'm gonna. That, I think that's what we're gonna call it for this month. I think we might try to move to an every other month um, rotation at some point but i don't know when we're going to make that switch because it would be super awesome if we did that to have it every other month opposite of when we record the book club so that tracy and i don't have to look forward to some months with nothing at the end of the month and some months with two things all all at once so uh so i think maybe we'll try to get together next month and then switch to an every other month schedule if that works for folks um If you have questions, you can find the show on Facebook or on Twitter as at The Tome Show. You can email The Tome Show at gmail.com. You can find our Discord link. Uh, it is on is linked on the Twitter profile, uh, or you can ask any of us for it at any time. We have a D&D Fitness channel there, um, and you can reach us all individually on Twitter uh, and other places. Um, uh, Michael, where can people find you on Twitter and elsewhere? Uh, Twitter is the thing I'm most active, which is at the RPG Academy. Uh, we have a Facebook as well, Gmail, uh, you know, the RPG Academy Gmail. We also have a Discord. It's kind of small, but there's a great group of people that, yeah, I probably spend more time on there than anywhere else. Uh, no, we we, have I closed... was just having this conversation on our Discord uh, that I I prefer the smaller Discord groups like mm-hmm. ours. Uh, we don't have a, I mean, we've got what, maybe a dozen really active people on there. But like you get to some of the bigger ones and there's just so much 
it's so hard to find the signal right. for the noise because it's just so too busy. Yeah, we're, we're small. I think we're probably about the same. Probably have close to about a dozen people who are pretty active. And, you know, our, our Marvel spoiler chat channel is probably the thing that gets the most <laughs> action. But we have one for fitness. We have one for like uh, animals. So it's called a four legged family. So people just take cute pictures of their animals and post. And nice. So it's a good time. It's a closed community, so you have to ask for the invite. Because when we first did it, we made it open, and then we had a bunch of spam bots jump in there, and we just banned them all. So now we'll give the the, give the link to anyone, but you have to ask directly for it. Right. Uh, and then I'll just say, again, if anyone has any questions about the surgery, I'm very much an open book. I will share anything about what I went through, my decision process. So please feel free to reach out. I will give you the best information I can or send you to someone else who might know it better. Uh, either hit me up on Twitter or just email me the RPG Academy. The, fir the first time I, I broached the subject of you coming on, uh, I saw you posted something about your your weight loss on on Facebook, and I left a comment there. And I was a little bit hesitant because I'm like, I don't know if it's appropriate to ask if he wants to come on and talk about it. So yeah. I was I kind of approached it pretty gingerly, and you were you were like immediately, yeah, absolutely, no problem, anytime. Yeah. Like you you seem to yeah, be an anything open I can do to help anybody in, in anything that I actually know about, which is not a lot of things. Uh, I'm <laughs> happy to share so <laughs> there you go uh you can also find me on twitter i am at squatch s-q-u-a-c-h tracy at sarah dark magic with an h sam at dm samuel no spaces there you go and that is where we are going to end our fitness quest today please come along and join us as we continue to build up our geekiness and our health the end I'm not a